Welcome to the Brighton Business Show on Radio Reverb 97.2, DAB and online at radioreverb.com. This is the sound of your city, Brighton's non-for-profit radio station. Okay, welcome to the Brighton Business Show on Radio Reverb, our February show. Lindsay, how you doing? I'm good. How is it February? Unreal. Unreal. I genuinely feel like it's all going too quickly already. 2024 has already been so exciting. Lots, lots happening. Right. So much happening. What's been happening with you? Well, just come back from Australia, which <gasps> has been epic. Aussie, Aussie, Aussie. Um, had a great time. Amazing. Spent some downtime with family, refocused, and look, buzzing, buzzing for 2024. I think my 2024 starts right here. Ah. <laughs> and what's the big goals for 2024? I've just, look, we had a, obviously, prior to Christmas, we've done the rebrand for County Business Clubs, which... Um, for the CBC Sussex 100, um, had an amazing response to that and a great start already um, throughout January, um, just looking to grow that and um, and add value to, to, to our partners that as we're getting on and helping companies share their stories, right? We love a story around we here. I'm so excited here. for this. I know, it's going to be awesome. And what about you? So yeah, January's been a big one for Connected. So we've launched our business club. So we are all about connecting people to business and business to people. So we're super excited. So all of our marketing members become automatic members of Connected Brighton. And we're doing some cool and fun network events. We're going to take people out doing kayaking and batons and tastings and workshops. So all about helping you build that social circle in your business circle. It's just going to be an epic year. I feel like we've really 2023 was challenging for all businesses. I don't think I met a single <laughs> business that was like, well, that was a lovely walk in the park, wasn't it? And we really recognise that, especially on the show and you know everything that we put out on this to help you be better business owners and more informed. And this year will be the same. So we're definitely looking at how we can continue to support people. And I feel like after the hard 2023, everyone's raving for 2024 mm. and we're all hitting the ground running. You know, we're launching our business club, just got into the top 100 female inspiring entrepreneurs for small business Britain, Ooh. which is like super exciting. So I'm so excited for all the different people I'm going to meet for the opportunity and for different networking and networking outside of Brighton. And, you know, as we all know, as business owners, any way that you can get yourself out there mm. is, is so important to show yourself to different audiences and on different stages. Mm. Talking of stages, <laughs> this is our theme for today. So we're talking about public speaking. Absolutely, absolutely. And we both, I mean, we've both done speaking at the business show. You, you, we both host events. You jumped in for me whilst I was away in January at the BBBC. Backup host on the bench over here. <laughs> if anybody ever needs a backup host, let me know. But yeah, I love being an MC, and it's been great to be able to support you on the BBBC while you were having a lovely time over in Australia. Yeah, amazing. Think the, the feedback has been amazing, so we, I think I'm getting binned off. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just start doing it together. Yeah, sounds good. Sounds good. Like <laughs> this, any, exactly. Great. Any excuse to work together, right? But live, any excuse. <laughs> but what we're talking about today, we've got two amazing experts on particularly public speaking and TEDx. Mm, which is coming up in April, right? And everyone loves TEDx, so it's such a big one in the Brighton calendar mm. to like fill the dome and get so inspired by the different stories. I mean, I've I love going there, get there with my notepad, get my crew down there. We're going to get the Connected Brighton crew down and just kind of soak it up. I think we both love storytelling. Yeah, and so this is like a dream day. Mm. But for the people that get up on the stage. Yeah, right. And, and as daunting as that must be, but um, an amazing experience, right? And, what, and it'd be interesting to obviously speak to our guest today. Um, I know Toby, um, when he was on the podcast, um, we 
obviously you know, was incredible and we'll, we'll, we'll delve into that. So it'd be great to delve into that with him and, and, and the other guests as well. Yeah, yeah so we've got the fabulous Helen Packham. So Helen's actually been on the TEDx stage and she coaches people with their own speaking. And so we're really excited to also talk to her about what she sees of the impact of TEDx. Because as business owners, you know, we're always looking at different ways to market ourselves. Mm. There's so much more to public speaking than just being able to market yourself. Mm. There's all of the personal benefits and all the growth that comes with it. So we are thrilled to have Toby and Helen here to talk us through. Amazing. Amazing. Let's, let, let's get them on, shall we? Let's. If you just tuned in, you are listening to The Brighton Business Show on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM. Okay, look, delighted to have you both on. So, look, why don't you just tell our listeners a little bit about who you are, Toby? Oh, hello. Hello. How are you, mate? <laughs> hello. Yeah, so just, just wonderful. My name's Toby Moore. Uh, I'm, I'm the curator director for TEDx Brighton, most notably, I suppose. So, maybe that's why I'm here. <laughs> we did wonder. Delighted to be on the radio show. Thank you. Mm. Thanks for being here. And the lovely Helen Packham is here. Hi. Tell us a little bit about you. So I am in the corporate world known as a verbal communication strategist. <laughs> just rolls off the tongue. But really, I just help people communicate more effectively. That also includes helping people to stand up in front of virtual and real life rooms, including TEDx uh, and keynote talks and, um, and share their ideas and messages. Which is very exciting for us because Sam and I both love telling stories and hearing people tell their stories. And of course, our businesses have been very much built on. And it's so interesting, this point around hybrid working, so that point of virtual rooms and real rooms, mm. and just the difference between the two. Mm. And for business owners out there, what public speaking can do for you and your business, and we'd love to get some, some thoughts on that, but especially just touching on you for a minute, Helen, mm -hmm. in terms of that room of virtual room versus mm -hmm. real room, yeah. what are you finding people are struggling with or love about each of those options? So I think, so before the pandemic, obviously it was all in it was all in person it was mainly in person and my background is in delivery in person in, in leadership development delivering to rooms of people but i used to have to deliver virtually as well so when the pandemic hit the talks went online uh, in in the in the main or you know there were situations where you know you'd have an empty auditorium and people would be filmed on a stage and things like that but in the main the the transfer was from face-to-face -to, -face to online and people did find that very hard not just with public speaking but also with delivery of anything such as workshops programs training learning anything like that and th it's a different it's a different way of delivering a message and and the stakes are high because the engagement drop-off is huge with virtual you know uh, the dis the the cause for distraction is way higher and so for someone delivering a talk online and I've done loads of virtual talks now and my life situation means that I can only really do virtual talks at the moment is that it's from the off it's about how you're really engaging your audience even more than you would do if they were in a room with you by what you're saying how you're saying it and how you're getting them to engage with you by using the tools that are available on these platforms. Do you, do you stand up when you're doing yes. works? Yeah, that was a game changer for me. Just standing yeah. up, particularly delivering a workshop or something yeah. like that. The energy is so different. Yeah, put your laptop on the ironing board, stand up. <laughs> That's it. Well, I put my chair on a, the chair on a desk yeah. and the laptop on the chair and delivered like that because it just your physiology yeah. it just completely affects how you're delivering something if you're sat down it's kind of like you're just sharing words 
Whereas you're getting into the mindset of a you're speaker. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. From an audience point of view, it flicks a switch as well. Is oh, this person is present. It's not just sort of like sitting around, sort of like saying the first thing that comes to your head. Like you're presenting, like in the same way that you're standing on stage, and it's that sort of the the standing on stage authority effect, you know, mm. that that happens in real life. And you know, that's probably the closest other closest little sort of hack, I suppose. Yeah. I don't know, but. Yeah, and how you're using the technology, how you're taking advantage of that technology, which has massively been enhanced since the pandemic as well, in terms of how people can engage with you and how like you might engage with an audience face to face by asking them to raise their hand, by getting them to shout something, you're utilising the tools like all of the emojis and the raising the hand and the chat box functions when you're delivering a virtual talk as well. That's interesting about the chat box function and how people engage with you, whether you're on a physical mm. stage or a, or a virtual stage, because when you are giving a talk depending on who you're giving that talk to and for what purpose mm. and the engagement you want to get back mm. the nice thing about a virtual room i've been in some talks and workshops where they'll do like a waterfall so you all put in your emoji or your comment but you and you all press send at the same time so mm. it just slings in a waterfall if you will yeah and that's kind of been like a nice perk and treat when you're doing that that you're not you don't feel so exposed if you that's ask true. a question whereas in a in a real room that can feel a bit more exposing when you put your hand up and everyone turns around it's true. to look at you. I know that a lot of people that I work with that are more introverted in personality have found that their confidence has increased in being as part of an audience um, because of the way that they can engage more anonymously, but still be part of it, which is great. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm interested by the, the um, authority point you just made, mm. you're on a physical stage. Just tell us a bit more about that. Um. I think that just off the bat, I think it's one of those things that there is a psychological thing around watching someone speak on a stage and there's this assumed uh, knowledge, expertise, authority simply because you're here in the audience, they're there on stage. Um, and it creates, yeah, it sort of, it creates this sense of authority. Like it's a psychological thing. Do you find that the people that want to do TEDx, for example, that's part of their? Oh, they they'd love that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I am the authority sure, sure on this. To, I'm sure that yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of people chasing the uh, the authority, the feeling of authority. Yeah. Because we were talking about when, as business owners, you know, the different ways you can market yourself, and obviously, public speaking is a great way of marketing you and your business. And like, I've done keynotes at business shows. You yeah. host a lot. Yeah, I host a lot of events, and, and I've done a couple of keynotes as well, but I think some of the, I mean, you spoke about some of the things on the podcast as well, which was really interesting from, and this would be good to get your take on this as well, Helen, that there's a, there is a preconception with TEDx, oh, I'm going to do a TED talk, and that's going to, I'm going to, I'm doing it because I'm, I want it to propel me. Yeah, like H Helen will be able to sort of uh, affirm this, I suppose, like you've got to, work that asset hard like it doesn't do the work for you does it like you've got to it, it becomes a part of your portfolio now but it's it's up to you to to make it to make it sweat so to speak mm. it's the credibility that comes with the tedx because mm. it, it has got such a big a big name and it does it does for sure for me have a stamp of credibility so that point of stage authority yeah, i think that's one of the i mean you mentioned earlier the misconceptions i don't yeah. think it's necessarily a misconception but it's it's um uh I think it's irresponsible to 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 perceive it like that, yeah. both as someone receiving and especially as someone giving. Mm. Um, 
it's it's uh, you know there are we've talked about this on the mm. we talked around the numbers on the podcast there are something like two and a half thousand TEDx events a year you know that's five and a half a day that's like there's probably two or three happening so right somewhere now. right now <laughs> you know um, so so and, and, and some of those are very small some of them are very big everything in between some of them are great some of them will be terrible you know and um, and you know and it's only the as we you know as we do with all content like we only see the the top one five percent you know of that performing content so that's what we're sort of attaching it to um and yeah so for every life-changing ted talk that you've watched there'll be it's not even you know there'll be a hundred <laughs> very non-life-changing <Average>. ones <laughs> yeah not to not to put a, <laughs> a dampener on it <laughs> from a branding point of view that's I think it's really interesting that TEDx does does have a, a brand awareness that maybe is different to the actual experience. Yeah, well, I've always said if it was just Toby and his mates at the Brighton Dome, like eleven <laughs> people would come. Do you know what I mean? And you know, th th three of those are hopefully in this room. Do you know what I mean? So <laughs> I'd, dis I'd disagree with that. <laughs> the thing okay, is, sell out, sell out. It's about the idea worth spreading. Yes, correct. Right? And the guidelines for TEDx, and I didn't realise this. I was, I had no clue, and I have to give a shout out to Toby for being part of my journey to be able to give a TEDx talk um, because I sent numerous emails <laughs> to him <laughs> Stalked him <for> <laughs> to be able to do <laughs> mine finally. And, and at the last minute I came through but since I've then become a curator myself and seen the guidelines with TEDx and the stringent guidelines that are involved in what type of idea is worth spreading and how if you approach a uh, to do a TEDx talk with any type of business promotion in your mind, then that is irresponsible, right? Mm. Because it's not a platform for business promotion. Of course, as a secondary outcome, it's going to be beneficial because you're articulating an idea, but that idea might not have anything to do with your business. And it, it's a society level message. It's not a community level message, like a, a business level message. It's something that most people can understand and relate to because all walks of life are in that audience. It's a general public ticket. Yeah, it's, I mean, we see it as a consumer event, not as a B2B mm. thing. Mm -hmm. sure. Absolutely. So it's all about the idea and the people that I've helped shape that idea it's it's what is it about that idea that's going to really make a difference mm. and really make that talk one that is in the top percentage mm. of those ones that are viewed or, online you know, or does find its niche and yes matters to its niche right exactly and and the message within that niche mm. yeah because yeah, i guess it hasn't got to necessarily be a ted talk that gets 10 million views no but, but if you've got an audience of 500 people social media circles or whatever and the message that you want to get out to those people you res that resonates with them that's a powerful it's very powerful if you're trying to get like a million followers on instagram or whatever mm. like if that's your like you know do mm. or die kind of goal like you're probably going to do it with or without a tedx talk under your belt do you know what i mean yeah. like getting some stuff like that publishing a book doing a tedx getting featured on i don't know some amazing podcast <laughs> you know going on people's radio shows yeah going on the radio going on different hats all that sort of stuff like it's probably going to get you there a bit faster but like you know if you that's your goal then you'll you know you'll find by hook or by crook do you know what I mean I think what I found really interesting certainly when we spoke before and, and I know we mentioned about the um, when I 
follow you on social media as well and, and posted a couple of bits about it, about the, the potential questions that you would get someone to ask themselves that, that I would ask do, yeah mm. but for uh, someone looking to do it'd be good to share them today I think just for our listeners yeah just a quick question yeah <laughs> 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 uh, what are the questions there's four isn't there um, well the first is just what are you trying to teach teach others mm. um, what are you trying to change people's minds about that's my favourite one mm. uh, what do you care about deeply and then why are you and you sort of guide people through those mm. questions and if I can kind of like squeeze and c- sometimes the answer will kind of just sound the same to each question it will just be a slightly different you're just looking at the same answer from a different corner of the room um, sometimes they're completely different but it's about mining language um, and you're looking for kind of like okay well what's the salient language here that keeps popping out so that I can zoom in on that and then form an idea around that and the idea we're spreading that Helen's talking about like it's usually in there in the you know like and those are the sort of those are the questions you know life is all about the search for great questions right mm. um and at the moment those are my faves they get me they get me they get me sort of what i'm looking for the quickest mm. i think um yeah and then that's it's about sort of like finding what's true as well and and i think again coming back to the whole the authority the building a business out of it like if what you're saying isn't true like if what you're trying to you know sort of peddle isn't true you're just saying it because it's going to get you somewhere or you feel like that's what your audience is going to resonate with or blah da 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 like you know and i find this whenever i'm doing like brand work for example like even working with big brands that are you know turning over millions or whatever like you know they'll they'll send me stuff and be like yeah it's this and i'd be like and you go and you ask a ceo or whatever and be like is it true like point to point to point to where you're really doing that and if they can't do it, then it's like, no, sorry, that language doesn't make the cut. It ain't true. It's all, all authenticity. I've got to be the biggest fan of the whatever we portray ourselves, whether we're getting up on the stage, whether we're sharing stuff on social media, whatever our message is and however we communicate that, it's got to be authentic. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd be keen, what's your thoughts on how people being a bit being more authentic especially online i guess mm. um since the pandemic since that changed yes i think people are not being more dishonest i see um in 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 our visual representations and things and in what people are saying yeah. um i think also i listen to a lot of true crime podcasts <laughs> <laughs> and the amount of scamming <laughs> going along <laughs> is absolutely insane but i think for me if you think about that word authentic and of course, I always encourage my clients to do that. It's about finding what that is within you. And the best place to start is within your story. And when people are trying to find a message that's really going to resonate with people, rather than making one up or think of one that, oh, people want to hear that. But actually, is that true? Is that true to me? No. What is true? Well, it's in my experience. It's in my lived experience, my work experience. It's in what I'm passionate about. It's in what I want to do going forward. And that's all got to be based in what I'm really great at and what I really love. And I help people develop things like expert methods, which is a, a visual, succinct way of articulating your expertise. And that's all got to come from authenticity. That's all got to come from, because that's where you're going to be most confident in delivering those things, not by anything that you're maybe embellishing or making up or, you know, exaggerating, because that ain't going to 
cut it at the end of the day, right? You've got to be able to back it up. So we've talked a lot on previous shows about authenticity as businesses and how, you know, we had a great talk about how people are employing people, how employees are choosing the businesses they want to work for. Mm. And you can't, you have to walk the walk if you're talking to talk yeah, now as a business. TEDx, quite a few years ago, we invented what we called the T-shirt test. I think I told you, can I tell you about the T-shirt mm. test? So it's just basically like, have they got the T-shirt? You know, um, so if they're saying, oh, I've done this, I'm doing this, I'm flying over here, I'm whizzing around, like, it's like, can you just just show us the T-shirt? You know, does just, just, just something give us that sense of like, oh, yeah, they have done the thing? And, we, you know, you get, you know, whether, whether it's TEDx or any old work, you know, it's like there's always going to be full of people that are like, oh, I get these results and I achieve this and I help people with that. And it's just like, but if you can just get that sense of like material truth, you mm-hmm. know, that just gives you the person listening to this person speak or write or whatever, like just gives that kind of like, oh, okay, yeah. You know, maybe that's as simple as just, you know, oh yeah, they've been, you know, they've they've been, you know, interviewed on a you know newspaper or something like that. Or like I love looking for speakers on the radio. That's one of my favourite places to go for, like like Women's Hour on Radio Four. Great place to look for speakers or like to look for little sort of threads, you know, mm. for find interesting people. Because you've already had the BBC go and do their tough journalist, <laughs> journal, <laughs> you know, journalistic integrity piece. So I don't have to worry about that, you know. Yeah. Um, and the same with like, you know, the weekend magazines, for example, you know, picking up things like The Guardian and the FT Weekend and stuff like that and flipping through that. Because there's already like some, like, like I said, it, you, they, they've probably passed the T-shirt test already, you know. Yeah, that, I love you know, that. You can see that. Um, T-shirt test. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a T-shirt. But always, always. Is that a dad or soul t shirt? Oddly, no, it's not a dad or soul. It looks like it's my child's maximum. I'm a bit of a fan. You're always, you're always branded. That's what I like about your phone. Oh, it is. It's, is it? yeah, it's a Charlie in the. Authentic to his brand. Always. Oh. Always. That's impressive. We try, we try. <laughs> I just like wearing hats. <laughs> yeah, it's the hat test. Different ones. Different hats. I like what you did there. Thanks very much. Um, I'm interested in that point of both of you being curators mm. and what you look for when you're creating. There's obviously there's a different theme every year for TEDx mm. and, ha- and how that kind of comes around in terms of obviously all the research you're doing of looking for speakers. Is it then that you start to see threads of actually this is culturally what we're talking about or this is where we feel we need to be focusing on as a community or as a culture or how does it come about? Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big fan of the word theme. Like, you know, theme is c- kind of like the, the word that's tossed around, but like me it's more about kind of like what's the the feeling in the community at the moment or the story that's being told or the narrative that's there and our job as curators of something is to mirror that back in a way where it feels more concise and feels like mm. there's actions hanging off it now mm. so if you can you know you come up with an idea for a theme you know quote unquote you know a year before or something mm. And then six months will go by and then you'll sort of put your your sort of nose into the wind and be like, hmm, it doesn't smell right anymore. Do you know what I mean? The, 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 mm. This language doesn't sit with me anymore. Like the world's moved forward and particularly because of the pace that that culture and society moves at the moment, it's harder and harder to keep up with that. So so for me, I've had to kind of like start to um, yeah learn. And it's, well, I guess it's a process I'm going through at the moment is learning to be a little bit more responsive and a bit more agile with how I'm thinking about that and if I've committed to speakers or I've committed to ideas or something you know in advance and then started to feel like the world's changing the Mm. world's moving on you know just being making responsible choices around whether that's about moving the speaker to another event or like just working with them to think about okay well have you actually thought about that you know 
conversation around this has changed and so on, being a bit more hands-on with that. But ultimately, it's like being a mirror to the to the community that you're that you're presenting to, I suppose. I don't know if Helen's experience is similar. Yeah, well, so uh, it was a brand new event that I was part of. So part of getting the license was putting forward that. And it was absolutely about, it was mostly in Birmingham and representing that area and what mm. was happening within the cultures, within the religions within that area and the, mi the diverse mix of people. And so the theme that we came up with was spill the tea um, uh, from the cultural perspective within Mosley to the giving a platform for different voices, particularly um, within underrepresented communities within that area, um, and how those people could spill the tea on their ideas. So it's quite a broad theme, but when we put forward that idea to pitch to, to TEDx, to TED, uh, for the license, um, that, that was our thinking based on our research and the people that were in the team within that area. So. I've only done one round of that, but Toby's done many, many, many rounds. And I can really understand what you're saying there. It is about, it's it's for the people, by the people. It's TEDx is community-based. It's it's how you're reflecting that particular community and the speakers and the ideas. And so therefore the theme absolutely yeah, lends itself to that. I always really that. struggle with people always go, so who's speaking this year? Someone asked me this question yesterday. And I'm like, of course I know the answer to that question, but I don't know how to answer that question. So if I just go, oh, yeah, it's Jim, Johnny, Kevin, and Karen, like, and they'd be like, oh, that sounds cool. Like, <laughs> they sound like nice people, you know, because, like, but, like, who's speaking is almost irrelevant mm. at that point. And it's the ideas. And yeah, right. And it's like, so I can, so I always find it a bit, you know, and, and I can see why people find that a bit disconcerting because be like, you know, you come on the radio and people go, so who's speaking at your event? And you're like, well, Jim and Karen and <laughs> Kevin, you know. Like, <laughs> 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 oh! It's like cool. you know, what yeah. what ideas are being explored yeah. at, at your event? Yeah. This it's year. Like what, what what matters? What questions are you trying to yeah. ask? What questions are you trying to answer? Like what sort of conversations are you trying to create? This is a much more interesting conversation for me to try and have with someone. Um, and you know, and, and ideally, you don't find you know you've got a couple couple of names that people do recognise sort of because they sell tickets, but they don't necessarily change lives. You know, whereas the sort of person running the the sort of little food project over in that sort of corner of Brighton or something is changing lives and has the capacity to do that at a at scale, you know, when put on the right platform. So, but if I tell you that so and so from, you know, you know Kevin, you know the food guy, and they're like, oh okay. <laughs> I think that's also another really good point in that um, it's not about being the most polished professional circuit speaker to be on a TEDx stage. I think some of the best ones I've seen are where the person goes wrong or they lose their confidence and the whole audience the gets behind them. them. Yeah. And and that has been like such a beautiful thing to be mm -hmm. part of. It's and more empowering. I've never right. seen it happen at any other event other than the Demix event. Like I don't I don't know mm. if that's you know, maybe at a football match. But that's or part of the beauty like of it yeah. and that's what makes that so important. So when all the applications were coming in for, for Mosley and I was getting, you know, speaker reels from these amazing speakers. Um, I wasn't, it wasn't hitting. Yeah. It was, okay, so with the person who, mm. you know, has been through that particular journey or is running that particular little outlet in, in the centre of Birmingham, and, and what is it that they're saying is more important? And, you know, I speak from experience. I was drowning in fear before my talk in Brighton. Um, because I had a short time to prepare and I was second to last on. So I sat in the audience all day watching the amazing <laughs> speakers oh. deliver their talks. And I was 
I was second to last on before Jordan from Rizzle Kicks. Oh, right. he did a great talk as well, didn't he? He did an amazing did talk, but well. he was the one that calmed me down in the wings. He amazing. helped he helped me breathe and and chill out. Um, he's such an amazing guy. Mm. Um, but I made a mistake well, as soon as I got out there. I stumbled. I look back on it. I think I've come so far since then. And it's thank it's thanks to Toby for for making that decision and enabling me to do that. I've come so far, but looking, it's part of my history. And I'm not embarrassed or ashamed about it, but I made loads of mistakes. You know? People ask me all the time, Toby, what would your TEDx talk be about? And I'm like, there's no chance in hell <laughs> that I'm putting myself through that. <laughs> like, it looks so difficult. So, yeah, I don't, I don't envy the process that I put people through at all. Like, like, so. But the impact it can have. So for you, Helen, what's the journey been? Huge. Life-changing. I think the thing is, is that... Because I didn't have long to prepare, and then I kind of shared that, I, I, I leveraged mm. it, I shared it yeah. afterwards. People came to me and said, well, how did you manage to pull that together? Mm. I won't use a rude word. Such a horrible job. And also because of my background. Mm. And so then it was like, oh, well, actually, I have got some skills here. I do know how to help people deliver a message. That's what I was doing in my whole career. And that's where I started to niche into my... Because before then, I was being quite general. Um, and then I stepped into it and owned it, and it's just gone on from there. Helen's talk is a really good example of just basing your talk on your experiences, you know. And and if and, and that's when I come back to that, you know, is it true, or is if, you know, if if Helen were to have, you know, spun a yarn and sort of da 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 da, and then just maybe sort of, you know, but but, but Helen's talk is about her going through a collection of experiences, understanding something new and then sharing that something new you know and it and it's and evidenced by her experiences and when you just tell the truth about your own experiences and this is the difference between stories and experiences in my opinion is mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you can't actually get the talk wrong you might sort of slip up and sort of say the wrong word here or there but you can't get the talk wrong you can't get the idea wrong mm. because it's just based on what's true and it comes from hmm. yeah I, I, I don't know if this resonates with you but that I've done, I host events, I've done stand-up comedy, I've done loads of different bits and pieces. The thing I was most scared about was I'd done a, a talk at the Sussex Women Show because the imposter syndrome thing kicked in for me, yeah. standing up and going, how are people going to listen to me talk about business? And I, I found that, so I'll be keen to, yeah. standing up on a TEDx stage, yeah. what was your... Did you oh my that? God, did <laughs> I feel that? Because of all the incredible people that were giving their talks before me, mm. it was like, what the hell do I know? Who am I to stand on this stage? All I'm talking about is becoming a blimmin' mum. You know, that's just not a big idea at all. However, it was because it was so relatable mm. that people could relate to me, and then that's why people connected with me. But going back to the imposter syndrome bit, I was in the wings of my event and, and I was literally coaching people before they were going on the stage. 90% of the people that were on that lineup before they went on the stage in the wings were saying exactly the same thing. Who am I? Why am I? Who's going to want to listen to me? And then they went out there and they absolutely smashed it. And I was crying because of how amazing they were. And then, of course, that, that feeling disappears. And what imposter syndrome is, it's not a syndrome. It's a survival mechanism. It's a protection of perceived threat. 
that is all it is and mm. everybody has it and it all it will rear its head at any given moment but it's not a syndrome there's nothing wrong with you mm. it's just a protective mechanism and it's a, it's a human condition isn't it yeah. it's so natural it's a lot of the time yeah. we beat ourselves up for very normal human reactions to everyday life yeah but we think it's really personal that no one else could possibly feel this way someone else would always do it better everyone does and it's everyone everyone does and if we know that, if we can understand that, hang on, that's just my little primitive brain trying to step in and protect me from the perceived lion out in, out in the audience, mm. then I know that actually I can override that. Mm. And then evidence shows you that you had nothing to worry about because you get a warm applause from the audience, you get a standing ovation, and then you think, I did that! That was amazing! You know? And, and there's, some, there's something so amazing about any form of stepping outside that little comfort zone is where true growth happens in it like that's 100%. where you just you step as soon as you step outside that a little bit you just you grow as a person and i remember thinking to myself like before i've done that talk thinking because i I'll, it was about my experience and my story and you go actually if i don't know it then no one does so as long as you <laughs> exactly. go out there and i'm speaking from my own experience that's got to I, I know it's true and I know that it can resonate. No one can take that from yeah, you because yeah, yeah, yeah. that's your experience. Whether I, 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 I muck up or whether it goes wrong or whatever, it's my story, so mm -hmm. I'm going to be able to tell mm -hmm. it and no one's going to be able to tell it better than me. You really don't know which bits you might have missed no, out. Exactly. I remember doing a talk at um, BelongCon and I had to practice so much because it was telling my very personal story of, of miscarriage and divorce and becoming a coach. And I, I remember practicing in the street, walking up and down with my scarf up so people couldn't see my mouth. So just, I just needed to say the words over and over and over and over again so that I didn't kind of cry or crumple in that mm. position. But I definitely had like a pause while I was giving that 10-minute talk where I just lost it for a second. Mm. And there was only like one person in the audience who realized that, but no one else would have known mm. what was going on. It was like just, it was just for me. Because mm. exactly you say, it's my story, so it's the truth. That will always sound like, feel like 10 minutes to you, and it, w it will be hundred percent. And I watch it back, and you would—I know where it is, but you, yeah. anyone else watching no. it, would never, would never know. No. But it's so. But I felt quite um, excited by the time I got to do it because I'd practiced it so much, and it was so important for me to do it. But that point for you and your clients, um, Helen, in terms of that sort of like practice and preparation, mm -hmm. to be prepared for that imposter syndrome, mm -hmm. to then flip into excitement once you've got the mic in your hand. Yeah, and there's also a part of I what I help my clients with is kind of this um, retrospective resource state type thing is I before I landed my TEDx talk eight months before I put it on my vision board and I pictured myself standing on the stage with the warm lights with the applause of the audience and the exact same thing happened when I stood on that stage the exact same feeling right so if we project ourselves forward to the end of that experience and we focus on the feelings that we're feeling then and what's happening around us what are we hearing what are we feeling what are we tasting what are we smelling what are we experiencing then we work our way backwards from that state. Then we feel way more productive going into it. Mm. And it really does help to diminish the feelings of it. And, and then you're validating your feeling because it's come true. Mm. Well, I think people need to tap it. Like you, you said about you had that on your vision board. Mm. You was going to do a TEDx talk. What was it in your mind? Why, why did you, at that stage, why did you get it? Well, at that stage, I didn't know anything about TED. <laughs> all, <laughs> I knew, cool. all I knew is that I, I loved TED Talks mm. and that I had been through an experience and I wanted to share that and I wanted to help people. 
that was all I knew at that time. And so, you know, I became super Sherlock and did, you know, sleuthing on the internet and managed to get Toby's email address from various people I was connected with on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, now, you know, of course, I, I see I see it differently. But at that time, the vision was I've got something I've been through that was really hard and I want to help other people. And that was it. Yeah. And that must be a very common reason for people. It you is. You must see that yeah. in all of the applications. Of 100%. Yeah. That's an inescapable reason why I often seek. I think people have... There are two different types, not two different types of people. There are people at two very different stages, and there are people that are in mm. the, the difficulty and the suffering, and there are people mm. that are the out, you know, as out of it as one can be. Um, and, 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 and my detector that I've had to sort of train over time is to figure out where people are in that journey based on the small amount of information that I've got. Um, and, and typically it's the people that are, that are, you know, that are out of said uh, dilemma and suffering that, that, are, that, are in a, that are in a position to, to now share that and make, it, and make it useful to others. And it's not that sharing that isn't useful to, isn't useful to the person, but if you want to then make it altruistically and objectively useful to an audience, there has to be some distance from it. Yeah. Really. Um, uh, yeah, and I think that's that's the sort of key thing, I suppose, that I'm looking for. Because anyone with anything worth sharing has been through it. You know, that T-shirt was not gotten easily. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and I think it's all about the golden nugget. So. And I'm working with clients on, again, begin with the end in mind. If you're working on a talk, what are your golden nuggets? What is it that the audience are going to walk away knowing, feeling, doing differently as a result of you sharing whatever it might be, your story, your approach, your method, your, your research, whatever it is. Um, and so, therefore, you're, about think you're thinking, what's in it for them? Um, and you can only do that once you've gone through and you've got all of those teachings and learnings. And you can consolidate them into something that is succinct, and articulate yeah. that people can understand and can it can impact them in a really like inspiring way you can only do that once you've gone th through that mm. and you're out the other side you know? that's why i like to ask that question what do you want to change people's minds about because mm. it also prompts the person answering that to go what have i changed my mind about mm. if you can articulate what the state a the state b mind changing experience was and now what the benefit to other people changing their mind about that thing is then you can actually go, okay, well, there's actually, now we have a goal for the talk. Mm. And even if it's just to reach one person and go like, at the start of the day, you thought this, at the end of the day, you think this. Like, and if we can take, you know, and, and if someone can articulate that, then we can start to build that into, okay, now we can challenge a status quo and we can build, you know, the, the, the talk around, like actually taking someone through some sort of transition, you know, um, and, then ultimately it's kind of comes down to can you is that can you uh, articulate the benefit of that to a broader audience as well so it's then mm -hmm. you get that ripple effect mm -hmm. kicking in as well so it's like and uh, not one speaker will not necessarily complete that circle so like particularly as my role as a curator is to then think about okay well you know how do you plant multiple seeds for changing people's minds and i talked to you about that theme the idea of change you know a, a longer story a mirroring the the community back to itself but then how are you trying to get the community to change its mind about what it can achieve and what it can be and how it can behave mm. 
and how do you use lots of stories and lots of people and lots of experiences you know in order to create that one sort of sea change mm. that's kind of that's my that's how my brain works beautiful with this stuff <laughs> this is the great thing i think about the tedx arena because i think as individuals and business owners there are more ways than ever that we can talk about our story and we can we can host workshops we can do youtube videos we can do stories we can do posts on our Instagram and our Facebook. We can do lives on our LinkedIn. Uh, we can use our voice in, in more ways than we've ever been able to. But that shared experience of, of TEDx particularly, I think, is very different in that you do walk in the room with one set of ideas and you will walk out hopefully with another. Mm. I mean, in, if in all and not some areas, depending on what the, the theme and the has been and what the speakers have said. But being able to discuss that, the thing I've always loved about that shared experience is talking to the person next to me after that mm. speaker and being like, oh my mm. goodness, wasn't that amazing? Or like, oh, I wasn't sure about this bit. Or, you know, that, but you can talk about it in that moment and see how it's landed with you as opposed to watching someone's LinkedIn at home. It's, it's a different experience. It's that shared experience. 100% for nice sure. Nice thing about having the sort of shape and size audience that we do with TEDx Brighton is you've got quite a decent sample size to sort of gauge people's experience on. And I, and I, and it always amazes me that you'll talk to someone and they'll be like, oh, yeah, my favourite talk was that, or that favourite moment was that. And then you talk to somebody else and be like, oh, somebody else told me about that their favourite was that. And they're like, who was that again? You know? <laughs> like, yeah. So it's like, so, so when even though, you know, I'm in the room going, oh, yeah, that one, that's the one that everyone's going to remember, you know, and it's not. And, you know, and, and, it's it, and everyone's got a completely different experience of it. And that is coming back from, like, you know, because it's also a mirror of the individual, right? So, if, you know, if you, if you, if you're, uh, you know, so for example, you know, Helen's talk talking about becoming a parent and managing that and so on and so forth. And that's going to resonate with people that are either sort of just about to start that journey, have been through that journey to others that might not and so on. But and that's very much more nuanced than just the sort of binary categories of is a parent, isn't a parent. You know, it, it goes much deeper. Yeah. Well, the interesting thing there was that I had people contacting me afterwards who then watched it and said, I'm not a parent, but I'm a carer. Mm. I'm not I'm not a parent, but I have this happen and I could really resonate with your story, even though it wasn't that direct experience. Thank you so much. Mm. You've really inspired me. And I was like, wow. wow. Yeah. Well, actually, that makes me think of one of the, one of the you mentioned lived experience earlier. And, and one of the things that I like to sort of look through the lens of is like, well, well how can we showcase or not showcase, but how can we yeah, show and share lived experiences to the audience that they might not be aware of or, or, or have seen before? I tend to use is you know woman woman that works in um, you know pr uh, prisons with young violent men you know like no none of us have that experience mm, <laughs> you yeah. know only a very ha handful of society has that experience so all of a sudden now you're getting a glimpse into a lived experience of a both you know the young man in prison that has experienced a lot of violence in their life you know and the young woman that's in that environment trying to support that person and guide them through to a different life and outcome and so on and it's like wow what a completely different thing to look at mm. for just a few you know just for 10-15 minutes and it gives that gives the power to change minds about things too mm. very true yeah <laughs> i remember that talk yeah me too mm. <laughs> i'm thinking the whole and the structure of a talk that is there sp something specific we can leave with our listeners that you would say to the audience maybe a, 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 do you help inform a structure around that talk and storytelling basis or how did it how did that work what do you what advice would you give around that around TEDx specifically yeah yeah because yeah, yeah. yeah. it is a different it is a different type to, of to talk just to, to normal keynotes yeah 
it is different it's a different length uh, it's a different ty type of communication and but what i help my clients with is first of all it's it's that it's that moment of inception so it's planting the idea in the audience's mind mm -hmm. so it's, it's from it's like i love inception as a film and that is just really an, an analogy for what you're doing is planting a seed and it's how you plant that seed with personal story professional story data research analogy metaphor media music sound uh, how you bring that together to plant the seed and there's numerous ways that you can do that you know you've got your classic journey story if you have a personal journey that is direct directly linked to the golden nugget that you're delivering a classic hero's journey structure might be suitable i use that that's what i use um and but that's because that was that type of talk but there's all different all different types of talk and they ha could have various different structures there's usually about three or four that are like main simple ones but the main goal is how you're going to plant that seed and how you're going to bring language and story and you know atmosphere and you know all the things that you conjure with the words that you use to plant the seed in the audience's mind so do you think the practice that you can have on this obviously there's going to wonderful people like yourself and coaches know you're launching your podcast i am as well which is very exciting yes Yes. A little bit I love a podcast. Oh, well, it's best. been a long time coming. So, you know, again, I've got to thank, you know, thank the Brighton Business Show because that's part of my journey from doing my TEDx talk to then launching my programs to then becoming a radio presenter um, and then now launching the podcast. And it's called Words That Change Lives. Yeah. So I'm on a mission to help as many people as possible harness the power of their words. And it's not just speaking to a room full of people. It's also having those one to one conversations how you can speak honestly authentically how you can speak candidly and get the results that you want so that you can change your life to be happier more truthful um more confident but also other people's lives so you can inspire them you can educate them and you can motivate them and it's bringing together my corporate experience and my speaker coaching experience together and i'm having all sorts of conversations with people around words and communication um, and I'm going head to head with people around public speaking versus stand up comedy. Stand up comedy. We've done both then. Both. AI versus humans. Um, you know, all those sorts of things, mm. plus like really honest, candid conversations Just around. Ghost and robots. Yeah. <laughs> 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 I think this is a great thing for like, all of, you know, for anyone listening, whether you own a business or you don't own a business, the different ways that you can engage to help you have better conversations. There's some great radical candor. There's yes. a great book. Love Kim Scott. Yeah, yes. Say what you mean and mean what you say. I'm hoping to get her on. Are you? I'm, yeah. Mm, that's exciting. Yeah. On the list. Yeah, absolutely. Board, get it on there. Mm. There's also things like Toastmasters. I did Toastmasters at work, yeah. and that like radically changed. I suddenly heard my voice in a way I had never heard my voice before. And to your point of doing a talk at a business show where you feel exposed because that's your people, mm. you know, doing one at work and talking about personal things felt very exposing, but ultimately helped me be a better communicator. So there's some, been some great tips and tricks that we're going to give people from this episode, which has been fantastic. We are slightly running out of time. Toby, can you just tell us a bit more about TEDx and how people can get involved? Yeah, you can buy a ticket and come <laughs> along and have a wicked time. And, <laughs> and it, will change, it will change the way that you think. And it will change your mind about things. Uh, TEDx Brighton, 5th of April, Brighton Dome. It's a Friday, 
make sure you book the day off work as well as book a ticket um, or get it as a professional development day perhaps yes um. <laughs> I'll be bringing the Connected Brighton crew down for yeah, sure we're brilliant. very excited awesome um, no it's it's a wonderful day it runs all day so it's 9 o'clock till 5 o'clock um, at the Dome we have 20 speakers and performers across the whole day lots of interesting things going on in the exhibition as well to, to poke your nose into and everyone walks away just feeling very positive I think you know and even before covid <laughs> uh, that was a that was definitely a, a selling point for us it's just like you know you just it's not it's not that often that you just get to experience that much positivity and and, and get to take it home with you so you know we really really would love to see as many people in brighton as possible coming along on the 5th of april we're very much looking forward to it and very excited about your podcast yes. we'll for sure be listening into that we'll share Wh- the link when's it out when's the 15th of jam oh the first three episodes drop to binge listen to on the 15th boom we love a launch we love a launch listen thank you both so much for coming on and um sharing your wisdom and insights with with our audience it's been amazing so very grateful and that's a wrap if you just tuned in, you are listening to the Brighton Business Show on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM. Lindsay. Sam. That was great. That was so interesting. Yeah. I think when you get guests on and we have a particular theme, we all I always learn something. Yeah. I wasn't expecting yeah. to learn. What was your key things today? My key things today, so from how they curate the events for TEDx, that was really interesting and just the whole point around imposter syndrome. So anybody that has got a story to tell, it's really normal to be nervous to tell it, mm. especially if you're turning up to a room full of people or you're online. And I love the tips from both Helen and Toby about standing up yeah, and how that yeah, can yeah. really help you. But it's so normal to be nervous. And I thought the whole conversation about imposter syndrome was really brilliant. And just how much support there is out there to help you if you do want to get your message out there. Mm. So obviously you've got wonderful coaches like Helen Packham, look her up. I can't wait for her podcast. Also, Toastmasters that I did. There's a few Toastmasters groups in Brighton that are mm. really supportive. It's like a safe space to fail and stand up in front of an audience and just try your voice, mm. try speech writing and see see how you're getting on. And just remember that you're, it's your story. You can't get it wrong. Mm. You know, we both touched on that when we've spoken. And remember that whole line of, you know, if not you, then who? And mm. if not now, when? Yeah, yeah I, love, I love that. I, I think that anything that pushes you outside your comfort zone there's going to be nerves then uh, around it isn't there always so i think that so for me i remember that we spoke about last time me doing the stand-up comedy thing was really nerve-wracking but you come out your comfort zone you learn something about yourself and that's definitely helped me massively with like just with presenting at the at the breakfast show for example and that confidence of standing up in front of people and talking and doing that consistency you know Mm. for you you've got constant opportunities to get up in front of an Mm. audience and you know practice is the best way Mm. to get better at anything yeah those 10,000 hours on the mat 100% what were you taking away today I think that uh, it's been great obviously I've really connected with Toby over the last couple of months I met him before Christmas um, obviously recorded a podcast and then getting him on today Um, I think it's fascinating like, like you mentioned about what goes into curating TEDx actually and the amount of thought process that goes into choosing the right people who are going to come on and the reasons for people wanting to do TEDx I find that really fascinating I, I, I 
definitely was one of them people, yeah, it'd be great to do a TED Talk, and then an ambition of mine to do a TED Talk, but why Why did I want to do that? Because I can put on my website that I've done a TED Talk, do you know what I mean? Like, that's completely the wrong way of looking at stuff. It's, it's, I think the four key questions that he talks about and why you should ask yourself before you, what is your trying to come up with an idea of doing it um what are you trying to teach people um what can you help people change their minds about right um what do you really care about which i think is important and then and the same thing you just mentioned about why you why i think there's like you, you start going through a process of what you want to talk about and you ask yourself them questions you're going to come out with a, a great answer i think that's a really really important tip for for people to take away 100 percent, and i really resonate with that why people do tedx because i've had the same thing like it's on my vision board to do a tedx mm. and part of that is because i want to share the idea that we are all equal in society whether you have children or you don't have children yeah. and that's something that i feel very passionate about but there is of course that marketing aspect to it but it feels like an amazing thing to do mm. to get on a different platform and be seen by different people and then the opportunities that can come from mm. that from that connection that you will bring from your idea yeah. but i was also very moved by anyone can do anyone can do a tedx talk mm. if they've got the right message mm. and just being true in the message that you want to give and being authentic in that mm. so if you are a business person and you're getting on that stage and you're trying to sell something you'll come on you come unstuck pretty quickly the thing that makes something like tedx so special is the authenticity we, I think that's come out a lot in today's it, in so much of our shows that we do that word gets used a lot doesn't it authenticity and, and certainly today and it, it was really nice today actually having having Helen and Toby on with Toby's insights especially recently doing a podcast with him as well and, and understanding that about what he was looking for from people to come on and speak and then having Helen sit there and go that was my vision but her the reason for her vision wasn't just to get on do a TED talk was because she had she had a certain message that she wanted to share and I think that was really important. And then her journey since obviously Helen used to host this show, which is how I originally met Helen, which yeah, is great. Mate. And then obviously Toby gave her her first shot at the TEDx and now she's become a TEDx expert and, yeah, and a coach. She's and a curator now. And also a curator. And I do think it's really interesting when you're kind of it's like you know doing a radio show you don't appreciate what's involved until you actually get behind a mic and you know it always looks very flawless when you're a customer and it's the same thing when you get to be sort of behind the scenes which obviously Helen is now and I really enjoyed her experience of the types of people that she gets to work with and the very natural human reactions that people will have to to giving a talk and what they want what people want to talk about which will always come if it comes from the heart you'll you'll always do well no, it was a, a cracking, a cracking show, and um, yeah, buzzing to obviously get it out there and and share it with people, which is uh, and and buzzing about TEDx obviously in in April, which is going to be amazing. I can't wait. I love TEDx. Hundred percent taking our connected Brighton crew down there to enjoy it together because that whole point of you know part of my business is that experiences are better shared, mm. and TEDx for me is one of those really key experiences that is so good to do with someone else. Like mm. I said, I take my pen and my paper. And I jot down the ideas that come or the names of people that I instantly want to follow because they really struck a chord with me. And I can think of like, you know, three or four TEDx talks I've seen over the last couple of years that I always refer back to because they had such an impact. And then to be able to discuss that with people afterwards, it's just, it's such a magical day. So wh everyone listening, please go and have a look at the TEDx Brighton website and grab your tickets and get involved. Like you will for sure see me and Sam down there as well. But I can't wait. It's going to be a. 
yeah, he brought me amazing. I, I, I was gutted because I missed the one a couple of years ago and uh, was always away. So I've, um, it's been great to connect with Toby last year and, and hopefully be as involved as possible from a, from a media point of view as well and, and trying to share, get the, get the message out there for him and uh, sell some more tickets, which I'm sure will be a sellout. The thing I also love, because we've always talked about it on this show, you know, when we first sat down together and said, well, what do we, what do we want to do this for? Mm. And just reflecting back on our conversation and our intention for this, and, you know, I hope that people see that this is the real us talking and <laughs> we're doing this because we really want to help people and their businesses. Mm. You know, we have everyday business challenges as business owners. It's tough, and it's so good to know that there's a support network out there for you mm. and to kind of arm everyone that listens with, with more knowledge in order to be better at how they feel about their business, at running their business, at being a boss, mm. however it is you run your business. I just love that this conversation has really sort of cemented to me that how good it is to share your story. Yeah, 100% that has me t-shirts and everything says everyone has a story to tell, right? But um, I, d- I, I truly do do believe that and, and have s- the power in storytelling and that and authentic storytelling. If you are being honest, like we have, we, we have shared on here throughout the shows that you know we, we had a tough year both of us last year, and we spoke about that openly and um, on our socials as well as on here and on our podcasts and stuff. And I think it's so important to share those times as well as it is to share the successes and everything else that comes with it. So um, it just hopefully, hopefully helps people to go. Oh, I'm not in this alone. We've got that network around us and. Yeah, never alone. Remember, you can look us up. So my name is Lindsay Clay. You can find me on Instagram at Lindsay Clay Coach or look me up on LinkedIn. And I am Sam Thomas, and you can find me on LinkedIn as Sam Thomas or on Instagram, Sam Thomas underscore DH. It's got different hats. It's different hats. It's different hats. Different hats I've got my new website now as well, www.lindsayclay.com. It's very Amazing. exciting. Amazing. Go and have a cheeky look at that. Awesome. Love well, have it. a fabulous February, everybody. We'll see you in March. Take care, everyone. You're listening to The Brighton Business Show on Radio Reverb 97.2 FM.